the Florida Gators have to target Michigan State transfer Keon Coleman in the transfer portal, right? You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. I am Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. If you're looking for RJ Moten content, two episodes yesterday came out about RJ Moten. So if you're looking for that, go back to yesterday. But now we're talking about filling out the rest of this team. And I'm starting with Keon Coleman, wide receiver from Michigan State, because he is a beast. Ain't no way around it. And I'll tell you, out in the Florida Gators, you got to pursue someone like him. He's just incredibly talented, incredibly physically gifted. You'd be silly not to. Uh, he's a four-star receiver out of Louisiana. Out of Louisiana in 2021. So he's got two years remaining. Didn't uh, didn't redshirt at all. So 2021, 2022, he played multiple times. Um, but he was someone who was kind of like a late riser when it was time for him to go to college. Like it was projected he'd go to Tulane or Kansas, which funny because Tulane would have been in a way better position last year. Like last year they had a great year. They would have been way better if they had Keon Coleman too. But then Michigan State and it became like a late thing. But Keon Coleman is someone who I mean was not like he was a four star, but he was kind of under the radar. Like he's a four-star who the who the projections were two lanes. So this wasn't some highly ranked national battle. And yeah, he is considering returning to Michigan State. I know that on Monday he had a meeting with Michigan State head coach Mel Tucker. Uh, I've spoken to someone that I know at Michigan State because I, I know one person at <laughs> Michigan State. And I spoke to someone that I know there. Um they they don't think that this is a real possibility of Keon, of Keon Coleman. This is kind of thought of as more as, you know, Keon Coleman's on his way out, but this meeting with Mel Tucker shows that he's not 100% shutting the door behind him more than it's any indicator that, you know, maybe Keon Coleman does return to Michigan State. It's more of like, hey, man, like I'm not ruling you out and not burning bridges, but I'm kind of deucing my way out of here. Um, but I think that when you look at Keon Coleman and what he brings to the table, which we'll talk about his skill set and his fit more specifically a bit later on, but I am genuinely so uh, enamored with his skill set that, like, to me, if Keon Coleman becomes a Florida Gator, he immediately challenges Ricky Pearsall as the best receiver on the team. And I think I'd put it like 60-40 in Keon Coleman's favor. Like Ricky Pearsall is great. He's a slick route runner. He's a fantastic football player. But I think Keon Coleman's like a, a different kind of beast there. It's almost exclusively an outside receiver. So you would be able to have Keon Coleman 
and Ricky Pearsall on the field at the same time on the same side, on opposite sides, and make defenses guard both halves. But almost exclusively an outside receiver in 2022, played 648 snaps out wide, 31 in the slot, and three as a running back, um, which is, I mean, you know, common at this point. But Keanu Coleman statistically was the best receiver for Michigan State last year. That's including the guy who just got drafted on, I believe Jaden Reed got drafted on day two. Uh, to the Green Bay Packers. So that's including a day two draft pick. Keon Coleman outperformed him by pretty much every metric. Uh, He had four more targets, three more catches, higher catch percentage, 798 yards there. 798 yards for Keon Coleman, seven touchdowns. This man is an animal. Uh, 244 yards after the catch, 2.07 yards per route run, which I'm actually going to check that right now as we speak because that's kind of crazy. Like 2.07 yards per route run. That sounds like a number that's going to be near the top nationally. Um, But we'll see what PFF says in a second. But I mean, Keon Coleman is just that kind of receiver where you look at him and you go, okay, like he's an alpha. And we'll talk about the statistics and his skill set in, in a couple of minutes. But I did want to talk about just Keon Coleman, what he brings to the table here, because he is truly great. Uh, let's remove the people who have like three targets. Uh, Keon Coleman's 2.07. Ah, it's like 50th in that range. So not elite, elite, but still. He's a damn good football player. I don't care about his yards per hour run if it's not great. Um, but I will say, yeah, he immediately steps into this room and... If he does, you're probably looking at a starting receiver trio of Ricky Pearsall in the slot, Keon Coleman at one of the out wide spots, and then Caleb Douglas on the other outside spot. And I'm just saying, if I'm a if I'm a defense, like like if I'm a DB, and I'm like, okay, who am I guarding? Keon Coleman. Damn it! (laughs) If I'm guarding Ricky Pearsall, damn it! And if I'm guarding Caleb Douglas, I'm like, oh. At least he's not the proven one, but he's still a very difficult receiver to to cover. So I think like Billy Napier, Billy Gonzalez, David Decker, uh, whoever is in charge of recruiting, evaluating, and offering receivers, chop, chop, chop. Like get to it because Keon Coleman, I know every everybody and their mother is on Twitter right now. Go, no, get Keon Coleman to Oklahoma. Get Keon Coleman to this school. Get Keon Coleman to that school. And yeah, Oklahoma was the school that really sparked this. They were the first big school to offer him. Uh, I believe his interest in hitting the transfer portal came from just him being interested in going to Oklahoma. And I know, yeah, um, who is it? LSU is pursuing him. Uh, we got Bama, Auburn is all all pursuing Keon Coleman. Florida, you have to be in this battle. Like this is one of the battles where look, I don't expect you to win it, but I need to know that you're like that you're cocking back and you're swinging here, because Keon Coleman receivers like this don't hit the portal every year. Receivers like this don't hit the portal in the second window. You need to pursue. Keon Coleman, or it's just a catastrophic failure. And I understand, like, I'm someone who is confident in the young receivers here, and I'm confident in Caleb Douglas stepping up, but you have a proven product that's just right coming down. You've got Louisiana ties 
go for the Louisiana receiver here. We're about to talk about his skill set and how he fits in just with this offense. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Built Bar because it's May. It is May. Memorial Day weekend is this month, which means, I don't know if it means anything to you, but but from where I'm from, that means that's when everybody opens their pools. That's when everybody's going on these little weekend trips. It's coming up. Got to get built by. Got to get your built bar bod ready. Most bars coated in 100% chocolate, just 130 calories, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein, and they're finally in store. So go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, or go to Built or BuiltBar.com and get yourself that Built Bar. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen. And you everydayers know this, that I'm going to ask you right now to like, subscribe, comment, review, do whatever it is you want to do. It's greatly appreciated. Join the Lockdown Gators uh, Discord. The link is in the description below. But now we're talking about Keon Coleman's actual skill set. Yeah, he's a great outside receiver. Yeah, he's a, a deep threat. Yeah, he's someone that Florida should pursue. Why? Well, six foot four, 210 pounds. It's pretty freaking big. Okay. Like that is pretty big. And I know that last week I spoke about Montana Limonius Craig. And I mentioned that he's an alpha dog as a receiver, that he stepped up when he needed to. Keon Coleman did exactly that. Keon Coleman, some of his best games came in games where you probably didn't expect him to go off the way he did. I mean, you look at Michigan, who had a great defense last year, and Keon Coleman showed up and dogged. He had five catches against Michigan for 155 yards and a touchdown. That's 31 yards per catch against a college football playoff defense. You look at the Washington game where they were not having a good time against uh, Washington. He had nine catches on just 11 targets, 116 yards, two touchdowns. You look at the Wisconsin game, which, yeah, Wisconsin, but five catches, 79 yards, two touchdowns. Both of his touchdowns in the Wisconsin game came on contested catches. One of them, he was running down the right sideline, and he just – straight up like was was hand fighting with his dude and then was like okay now i'm done catch the ball and he destroyed him like that and the other one came on a trick play where the skill position players rolling out to the right throws a bomb into the end zone kind of across his chest which is kind of an impressive throw and keon coleman goes up with the db and just manhandles him like keon coleman is six foot four 210 pounds of full pure alpha and he knows it like he's been quoted as saying like i don't view them as 50 50 balls i view them as 100 zero balls when they get thrown up 
Like, who doesn't love that kind of mindset? And then he goes out there and he shows it week after week after week. He is a dude. No other way to put it. Okay, let me put it this way. In 2022, Keon Coleman had 10 contested catches. 10 contested catches, according to PFF, which I will say, I feel like he had more. But I feel like their contested catches are like heavily blanketed catches. So Keon Coleman had 10. The entire Florida Gators returning roster had seven. Seven. Keon Coleman had 10. Florida as a unit last year had 17. The returning roster had seven. Justin Shorter was six of them. So that that's what took away a huge chunk. Dejon Reynolds was three of them, by the way. So, yeah. Florida Gators' entire returning roster had seven contested catches last year. Keon Coleman had 10. Keon Coleman had seven contested catches last year, 20 yards downfield, 20-plus yards downfield. Keon Coleman, as far as contested catches go, was more productive than the entire Florida Gators returning roster right now. Like, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about someone who's just big and that's it. Like, I'm not talking about someone who's just, uh, yep, I'm big, I run straight, I catch ball. I'm talking about a receiver who will show up or line up and say, okay, who's guarding me? I'm about to destroy you. And also, last week I mentioned Montana Limonius Craig, 6'2", 185, solid build, solid run blocker. And when we talk about run blockers at receiver, a lot of times it's that pity pat, patty cake kind of bull crap that's just like, oh no, he's got his hands on him and it's done because DBs don't like to block shit. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Keon Coleman. Like when I talk about Keon Coleman, I mean he is a killer in the run game. Like he's an alpha as a pass catcher, he's an alpha as just a jump ball catcher, and he's an alpha as a run blocker. Like, yeah, big receivers especially, we go, yeah, like, you know, pretty good blocker, like solid blocker, or he's willing to, so he's scary because he's big. I mean, Keon Coleman wants to hurt your feelings as a run blocker. Like, he moves defensive backs. And that is something that you don't see a lot from receivers. But guess what? When you do see it, and that springs a long run, and you're watching a running back running down the sideline, and there's one defender on that side of the field in front of him, but he's being pushed back and back and back by a wide receiver, it's a beautiful thing. And when we're talking about an offense that's predicated on explosive runs... Ding, ding. Like Keon Coleman has to be the guy that the Florida coaching staff at least pushes for. Again, I'm not saying you need to lock this in. RJ Moten, you needed to lock in because you were the favorite from the jump. He was a legacy kid and that plays into recruiting. Position of need, great skill set, perfect fit, all of that. RJ Moten was the guy that you needed to lock in because you were favored to get him. Keon Coleman, I mean, his his commitment is basically a 50-50 jump ball right now. Like, it's, it's Florida or it's not. But Florida, you have to, have to, have to push hard 
for him because he's the kind of game changer that you get on the outside. And I mean game changer, not like game changer coordinator, game changer. I mean a game changer for your offense. When we look at just how he fits in with this offense, there's going to be a bit of an adjustment. He's proven that he could work on in-breaking routes. That's not the adjustment I'm talking about. What I'm talking about more is just Michigan State's offense is more built on short underneath and take the top off the defense. And it's also important to note that a big reason that Keon Coleman would have to work short underneath more frequently than he probably should have is that they had Jaden Reed at wide receiver, and he's a take-the-top-off-the-defense kind of guy. Like He's got that game-changing speed there. So it makes sense that he has to work underneath more than he probably should. But Keon Coleman is a cold-blooded killer underneath as well. Like when he worked short and over the middle, destroy people. Like that's just what he did, and that's awesome. Like keep in mind, not exactly a uh, a great yards after catch guy. He's not. He's not a stiff athlete, but he's not yards after catch guy. But he worked short underneath slants, drags, just getting him the ball and letting him pick something up because I mean because Jaden Reed ran like 40 or 30% of his routes deep down the field. So this wasn't something where it was like, oh, you know, just we have to do this. And also Peyton Thorne was your quarterback. So just short underneath and then deep over top, perfect. Perfect. Like he straight up bullied people deep over top. And here's the thing also. Like he's not a yak guy. Yeah. You don't need him to be. You know who could be your yak receivers? Ricky Pearsall. Aiden Mizell, Andy Jean, Eugene Wilson III, literally anybody else can be your yak guy. But he's a nice downfield jump ball winner. Like, not even jump ball receiver, jump ball winner. Like, when he says, oh, yeah, like, they're 100 me, they're not 100 zero, but, you know, they're they're pretty freaking good. Um, I would say that it's, like, 70-30 from the games that I watched that he's going up and he's winning those jump balls, whether or or contested catches, whatever. Jump balls, he's actually better than just being contested because obviously it's easier to deflect a lower pass against a 6'4 receiver than it is to deflect the jump ball. But he is a jump ball winner, red zone threat, and he's an underneath chain mover. Like you get him the ball on third and six, you get him the ball at four yards and he's going to pick up those next just because he's going to fall forward and he's going to reach forward for that. So that's what he does. I mentioned last week when I was talking about Montana Limonius Craig that Greg Mertz, when given the opportunity last year, was one of the best passers in the country deep down the sideline. And specifically, Graham Mertz was fantastic deep down the left sideline. But, I mean... Keon Coleman usually lines up on the right, but that, that doesn't matter. Um, but the Graham Mercer was one of the best deep passers in the country when given the slight opportunity he was given in that Wisconsin offense that was trying to operate before the forward pass was invented in like 1907. Um, so Keon Coleman did get more opportunities than Montana Limonius Craig. So we get to say, yeah, there's a larger sample size with Keon Coleman than there was with Montana Limonius Craig. But we also know that, I mean, Keon Coleman's better than Montana Limonius Craig. And that's not an insult to Montana Limonius Craig. That's just Keon Coleman is really, 
really good. So you have Graham Mertz who wants to throw the ball deep. Like when he's given the green light, he will throw the ball deep. You give him a, an elite, elite deep ball pass catcher. That's a fantastic ad for your offense that is lacking just something. Like I don't even know how to describe it because I'm comfortable with the running backs. I'm pretty comfortable with the tight ends. I'm comfortable with Ricky Pearsall and the young receivers. But, I mean, if you could add an, an experienced alpha dog there, come on, dude. No one's going to say no to that. Like, no one is going to see that and be like, I'm out. Mm, don't like it. Like, that's Because that's stupid, right? So, you give Graham Mertz a receiver like Keon Coleman. Like, and I'm not saying Keon Coleman is going to be a Boletnikoff winner if you pair him with Graham Mertz. I'm not saying Graham Mertz is winning the Heisman. But you get a skill set that fits. And you get a receiver who sounds like your quarterback's perfect receiver. Works underneath, works deep over top. Then you have to push for him, right? And I, again, I know the intermediate stuff is big in Billy Napier's offense. It is. I have zero doubts that Keon Coleman can work with those digs and work in Mills route and work in like Mills concepts. I have no doubt about that. It's just not something he was really asked to do at Michigan State because Michigan State throws short or over top. They kind of ignore the intermediate. So Billy Napier is not going to do that. You need to be able to work with the intermediate. So Keon Coleman can do that. I promise you he can work that. So Florida, Napier, Gonzalez, Decker, whoever it is, find Keon Coleman and bring him to Gainesville because we need him in the swamp and I'm going to see if I can get my RJ Martin magic working and get Keon Coleman here as well. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow talking more transfer portal because I did put out in the community tab on the YouTube channel uh, that, uh, yeah, if you have suggestions, feel free and I'll look into everybody. I've got opinions on some, but I, I want to know who to prioritize for you. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Line Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I'll see you all tomorrow.